Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari. Presented by Bet Rivers. Hey there, and welcome into your Monday edition of the Los Angeles CityCast, presented by Bet River Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari, hoping you had a lovely weekend. I did definitely enjoyed myself, at least as it pertains to betting. And now I'm back to talk about some more action. And speaking of back, a comeback of all comebacks, Justin Thomas overcoming an eight-shot deficit to win his second PGA Championship in a playoff. I don't think golf is that exciting, but this was pretty, pretty killer. So I felt like I needed a sh- little shout out. Uh, we're not going to talk about golf today, though, unfortunately, uh, or maybe fortunately, quite frankly. We will start with baseball and MLB Monday preview. Obviously, the Dodgers uh, in action again, this time against the Nationals for the first time this season, I believe, coming off of that series against the Phillies. And then, of course, the Angels, who just wrapped up against the A's and now have the Rangers again. This time they get to host them at home. So uh, that's not actually happening till Tuesday. So Monday action for the Dodgers, Tuesday action for the Angels. Then we'll get into the WNBA. Monday action, LA team, the Sparks, are at the Aces on the road on their way to Vegas. And then we'll also look at the four games going on on Tuesday. What is it about Tuesdays? Last Tuesday, there was five WNBA games, and this Tuesday, there are four. And then every other day last week was sporadic. Maybe there was one game on a Wednesday. There was two on Thursday, two on Friday, two on Saturday. Uh, Similar this week again. We'll have games every day this week to look forward to, if that's something you're into. You should be, because we've been making money over here on this. And uh, if you're not betting on baseball, then what are you betting on? Hockey playoffs? Sure, you could do that. 
<laughs> Let's talk about the odds before we get into all of that. First things first, checking out the LA lines available at Bet River Sportsbook. So with the Dodgers, again, still plus 475 to win the World Series. It cracks me up, not even five to one. Not even five to one. Uh, they are back in action, like I said, Monday night, 4.05 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, the Dodgers and the Nationals. The Dodgers minus 210 on the money line. Their run line, so minus one and a half runs. Back to a minus here at minus 134. There was a game here against the Phillies, at least the first one, where you could get plus money on their run line. And it was like, oh, a thing of beauty. And also their money line was under 200. I think it was minus 130 or something crazy. And I do believe they ended up winning that game. They won the first two of this series, lost the last one, I believe. So we're back to the par for the course, which is the Dodgers at minus 200 or more on a money line. As for the Nationals, plus 175 money line and their run line plus one and a half, plus 108. No, no, I think it's 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 not fun, but Dodgers run line. This is like... This is the only way to get a little bit of value on this team. And it's not even great because, again, it's minus 134. Uh, total for this game set at 9. And that's not shocking to me. I was looking at the pitching matchup thinking maybe there was an opportunity to bet an over if this was 8.5. But at that, you know, nice round number of a 9, I don't know if it's interesting to me. We'll get into it. Uh, Angels also still plus 2250 to win the World Series. And they're back in action Tuesday night. So they get a day off. That must be nice, especially after all that action with the A's. <laughs> Just kidding. The A's are not very good. Uh, but the Angels will be playing Tuesday night at 6.40 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, no odds up for that one just yet. But uh, I have to imagine that the Angels, are they favored in this? I mean, they'll be at home, but they didn't. I mean, I believe they got swept. Yeah, they were swept in this series last time that they played the Rangers, not but a week ago, at the Rangers. So I have to imagine the Rangers will be favored here. And then maybe there's an opportunity to get in on the Angels. Hmm. WNBA, Sparks at the Aces. Aces laying 10 is the number I've seen for this game already, which is not shocking. Actually went on a great show that's on VEASAN on Sundays now called Hardwood Handicappers, hosted by JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA analyst. How many times have I said that on the show? Uh, if this is your first time into the show, I say that a lot. Big fan of JVT. He hosts that show, Hardwood Handicappers. I was on there Sunday night on VSIN. And in case you didn't know, you can listen to VSIN for free all the time. The audio is actually free. And they post all of the shows on Spotify. So as much as I love that you're here listening to my podcast, yay. Uh, there's also a lot of great information out there as well. Um, VSIN Best Bets and yeah, all the good stuff. So went on Hardwood Handicappers on Sunday. And when I looked at this game, they said, what are you going to look to do here? And I said that the aces lines are usually overvalued again we'll get more into this later on in the show but that i expected the aces to be double digit favorites here and the lovely wes reynolds who was also co-hosting that show that day or at least a guest mentioned that at circus sportsbook the aces were already laying 10 that was the number that was out there and the total was 168 and a half immediately i thought i'd look at an over wouldn't you and also double digits Ugh, it's tough and not because the Aces can't cover it. They absolutely can. I say this every time. It's not that they can't cover it. It's just, is that the best number? Like, they, we forget. Teams don't always know the spreads. They usually don't. I'm going to say especially in the WNBA, they don't know the spreads. Maybe they do. Maybe it's bulletin board material. But they don't know that they have to win by 11 to cover a spread for us. So can they do that? Absolutely. Do I like laying double digits on anything? Not really. So I do usually look to bet the Aces live. More on that strategy a little bit later. And the NFL still, Rams, 
Week one, still plus one here as they host the Bills. I'm going to double check this because I thought that there was an update to this line. So I want to make sure we have the most up to date with the Rams. Again, an LA team that's just so elite that it's hard to get a good number on them. Yeah, they're still getting one in this September 8th. God, I can't believe we're talking about football. I say it every time. September 8th uh, game, the Bills at the Rams. The Rams plus one, minus 110 on the money line both ways, and the total at 52. Is it just me, or are the Chargers going to be the more exciting LA team? To not that the Rams aren't fun, That's but that's not what I'm saying. But come on, Justin Herbert, that's going to be fun to watch. That's more fun to watch than Matt Stafford. It just is. I'm sorry. Um, no offense if you're a big Stafford fan. Raiders at the Chargers on September 11th. The Chargers laying four. Four. First of all, I'd love to do that. Even though we saw this Raiders-Chargers battle a lot last season, and it was not always pretty. Mm. I'd like to lay it with the Chargers, uh, especially with the uh, offseason additions they added. Minus 190 on the money line for the Chargers. Total for this game, 51.5. So two very high totals to start the season off right. We'll see. What did the Raiders really add? I got to look at that, but my initial thoughts are... Give me four with the Chargers before that moves. All right. You can find all these odds and more at Bet River Sportsbook. Let's get into the Dodgers, the nitty-gritty. Like I said, they just won two of the three at the Phillies, and now they're at the Nationals for three. So on the road continues starting Monday night. So Monday, 4.05 p.m. Pacific time, Dodgers minus 210, uh, and Nationals plus 175. And then the run line, Dodgers minus 134, and Nationals plus 108. Total sitting at nine. Now... The Dodgers, like I said, did lose their last game against the Phillies, 4-3 to on Saturday or Sunday. Yes, over the weekend. Uh, Edwin Rios went 1-3 for three with a home run and an RBI, led them offensively. Uh, meanwhile, the team they're facing now, the Nationals, 8-2 to two win over the Brewers. Uh, Lane Thomas, 2-4 of four with two doubles and two RBIs, while Aaron Sanchez got the win on the mound after going five innings, giving up two earned runs on seven hits. So that's what they're coming off of. Both of them coming off, uh, or rather the Dodgers coming off a loss and the Nationals coming off of a win. On the mound, Tyler Anderson, big fan. I'm a big Tyler Anderson fan. Left-handed pitcher here, 4-0 so far this season. Most recently pitched on Wednesday versus the Diamondbacks. Gave up two earned runs in seven innings pitched. Love that. Love a pitcher who can go deep into the innings there. Uh, he's pitched in seven games this season. ERA, 4.04. And strikeout to walk ratio of 6.8. And tell me the whip. That's what I care about. 1.093. I like that one so much better than ERA. And that's a pretty pretty darn good whip for this young buck here. Uh, the offense that he'll be facing in the Nationals offense, obviously. 17th in the MLB with 167 runs scored this season. Real quick, this is something I was testing myself on the other day. How many teams in the MLB versus the NHL versus the NBA um, so if you know the answer, then, uh, good for you, but see if you know the answer to all of those, because I had to test myself on all of the different leagues, how many teams there were per league, WNBA, NBA, MLB, NHL, and NFL. Um, and I was actually surprised by one of them and it was the NHL actually. So brain teaser, check it out. Anyways, uh, national 17th in the MLB with 167 runs scored this season. They also have a 250 batting average. 
with 27 home runs, which is 28th in the league. I'm not going to give away the answer of what I just told you, but that's just about dead last. The Nationals were the third or are the third worst right now in the MLB with uh, 27 home runs, as I mentioned. 358 slugging percentage, that's 22nd in the league. Their batting average, 250, actually fourth best. It's actually one of their best offensive stats here. Uh, on base percentage, right around the middle, 11th in baseball, maybe closer to the top 10. Uh, and they strike out about seven and a half times per game. There might be something here with like a Tyler Anderson over and a strikeout prop, perhaps. Um, even though really 7.4 times per game is actually the fifth fewest average in the league. But that's an average, right? And I just think in baseball, that's so tough because I'd rather know on a pitcher by pitcher basis as opposed to a team overall, right? Now, Juan Soto, of course, we have to talk about strong start to the season, but kind of in a cold streak right now. Does that mean he's due? I hope not. Uh, his numbers the last six games, two and 20, zero home runs, zero RBIs, but he does have that high walk rate. Mm. On the mound for the Nationals, Jonah Don, left-handed pitcher here, one and seven though. I had to double check that when I put this in, one and seven, ninth start of the season for him, 6.38 ERA, sounds about right. <laughs> and 31 strikeouts in 36 and two-thirds innings pitch. So he's getting some strikeouts. He's just not keeping them off base, apparently. Uh, his last outing was Tuesday against the Marlins. He threw four and two-thirds innings. That's interesting. Not really going a full five. Uh, he surrendered one earned run while giving up five hits and averaging 7.6 strikeouts per nine innings while giving up a batting average of 261 to opposing batters. The opposing batters will be facing the Dodgers offense. Uh, the Dodgers hitters have combined for a 415 slugging percentage. Again, we just talked about the national slugging percentage sitting at 358, which was, you know, 22nd in the league. The Dodgers are sitting third overall. Uh, Dodgers also sixth in the MLB in uh, batting, team batting average at 246. Uh, so actually behind the Nationals in that category. Yeah, because Nationals at fourth best there. Dodgers have scored the most runs in baseball so far this year. And of course, the stat that the Dodgers are leading in is getting on base. No one does it better. They have the league best on base percentage this season right now at 332. Dodgers have entered games as favorites 44 times this season, and they won 29 of those times, which is about 66% um, of those games. They also have an ATS record of 26 and 19. So ATS in baseball, meaning against the run line, really, than the spread. Uh, but 26 and 19 in 45 games that had the spread, obviously. Uh, the Nationals, meanwhile, as, as it pertains to the run line, 16 and 26 in 42 games. So, yeah, I'm going to feel pretty confident with the Dodgers run line. Unfortunately, it is still a minus 134 or so. So, as always, shop around, find the best price, and, and get that locked in. But that's where I would look here. I also don't hate a yes run in the first inning on this game, if that's the kind of thing that gets your juices pumping. Uh, Angels will also be in action, but not on Monday. On Tuesday, Rangers at the Angels. And we just saw this matchup in Texas several times. And the Angels uh, did not do so well. They got swept. Uh, but mo more recently, they faced the A's, and the Angels just won the last two games of the three-game series in Oakland. God, that A's organization, what a mess. What a mess. It's tough, too, because I feel like growing up, uh, like, that was where we did the field trips. Like, I grew up in the Bay Area, and we would go to A's games. We didn't go to, like, Giants, because that's, that's just what was close by, obviously. And it was just such a 
such a great atmosphere when I was growing up and it's just gone so down the tubes and I feel really bad for the fan base that's had to endure this. That said, uh, the Angels did win the last two of the three and now they face the Rangers again. This time they're on home turf and like I said, they got swept in Texas, not but a week ago. So AL West divisional matchup, back at it again. And it's Noah Syndergaard supposed to be on the mound on Tuesday, the righty pitcher. He's one and two. And his ERA right now, 3.6. Whip, 1.23. These pitchers actually have very similar stats. Dane Dunning on the mound for the Rangers, supposedly. 3.92 ERA and 1.21 whip. Also a righty, three and two this season. Now back to Noah who Adam Burke and I have talked about before on this show, the lovely Adam Burke of Eason, and hopefully he'll be back with us on Tuesday. He does so much, so I try not to bug him every week, but I end up doing it anyway. So him or maybe Ben Wilson will be back on here to give us some really valuable baseball insight for Wednesday's show. But Adam and I have talked about Noah and how we think that he's finally kind of in the right situation on the right team to kind of start to shine perhaps. And I was even looking up the last time he pitched versus the Rangers which I'll launch into here in a, in a second. But I was looking at articles that were previewing that game. And one of the bets or, that I saw frequently in these different articles where people were recommending a Noah Syndergaard over on his strikeout prop. Here's how the game went for him. He got rocked in less than an inning. Two-third inning pitch versus the Rangers last Monday. 7-4 loss for the Angels. He allowed, or he, yeah, he allowed six runs, four of them earned, and six hits. And they pulled him. Didn't make it through an inning. So it's interesting now, he's going to be back in here. I don't know if that means you fade him or you ride with him, but do as you please. Just know that that's the last time he went out here against the Rangers. At least he'll be back in familiar territory at home, but I man, I hope he can bounce back from that because that is a tough, tough outing. Uh, Dane Dunning, like I said, on the mound for the Rangers, supposedly. Now, as far as trends or results, really, the Angels are 4-6 and six in Moneyline bets in their last 10 games against the Rangers. So head-to-head matchup here, not last 10 overall, but last 10 versus the Rangers. Uh, so only about 40%, 4-6. and six. And they're also 7-2 and two in overs in the last nine games against the Rangers which is about 78% of the time it's hitting and over. So it's not necessarily surprising to me if we see a nine on this game. We've been seeing eights, seven and a halfs on Angels games, uh, which almost seem like gifts because of the way that that team can hit, obviously Shohei, Mike Trout, etc. But I think we're going to see something closer to a nine here. We'll see what that ends up being. But uh, I wouldn't hate an over here. I wouldn't hate an over in the first five, especially if poor Noah gets rocked again. I don't expect to see that exactly happen again, obviously. But um, an over, an over perhaps is in the in the works. That uh, does mean that baseball talk is over. <laughs> and coming up, WNBA action. The LA Sparks at the Las Vegas Aces on Monday night in Sin City. Plus, we'll look at all four Tuesday games as well. This is the Los Angeles City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Bet Rivers has your bases covered with early week betting fun. Your baseball bet gets a little extra pop at Bet River Sportsbook every Tuesday. Just log into Bet Rivers and receive a 20% profit boost on a baseball bet every Tuesday during the season. Use it on straight bets, player props, or a same-game parlay. You decide, log on to the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com and get your 20% profit boost today. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast, presented by BetRiver Sportsbook. Still Danielle Amvari here, and it's my favorite time. I don't even try to hide it. WNBA discussion time. 
Uh, I was thinking the other day, it's the LA City cast, and what else would I be talking about? First of all, soccer. I know that people have asked me to cover soccer before, and I've done one soccer show when the LA Galaxy played LAFC. Um, is that right? Is that the two teams? I think that's right. Anyways, showing my weaknesses in the soccer area, unfortunately. And I don't know if you guys can hear, but there's like a siren going by right now, which proves to you that I am definitely in Los Angeles because that happens several times a day. Uh, nevertheless, I would love to cover soccer more. I need to find some more frequent soccer guests. So actually, if you're listening and you know anybody who does a great job with soccer betting that you think would be a great guest to be on the show, then please just tag them, shoot them my way on Twitter. I'm happy to have them on the show. It's just not an area that I should be discussing at all. So I think that the best I can do is offer you some excellent insights into the WNBA, or at least what I consider excellent. Uh, we also have some great guests coming up on the WNBA front. We're going to have more and more of those. So um, some of the guys from Her Hoop Stats who also do their own podcast. So a little bit of cross action going on there. Let's just look at who's winning right now. A couple weeks in here to the WNBA uh, season. I mean, seven, eight games for some. I don't think anybody's even at eight yet. Yeah, seven games. Who's winning straight up? The Aces are six and one. They're elite. They also started the season healthy with every player, I believe. There's not, there wasn't anybody necessarily who was overseas, so I think that was a huge advantage. They were ready to go and hit the ground running. Washington's behind them at 5-2, and two, and frankly, the Mystics, it was funny because, again, it was on Hardwood Handicappers on Sunday, one of the VEASAN shows, and JVT uh, patted me on the back, which was nice always because we get so much negativity, especially in the um, Twitter sphere as it pertains to sports or sports betting. Uh, but nice to get a little positive re-encouragement. Just said that I pointed out that the Mystics were probably a team that was a little undervalued heading into the start of the season. And lo and behold, Elena Deladon, still very good at basketball. That's the classic undersell. Uh, also... Connecticut in the top three here, four and one. I am still hurt. I'm still hurt from Connecticut letting me down in the playoffs last season. I was like so excited to watch that Connecticut team. I thought they were so fun. John Quill Jones, how do you not love her? Um, Kurt Miller, just all the makings and like top in defensive rating and offensive rating consistently throughout the season. And then just got whooped, got rocked in the playoffs. And so I'm still hurt that they did that. But they're taken huge steps forward. They've added some key pieces to their roster too. Um, so I know that they are not the same Sun team as last year. And we'll get into a little bit more on how they've looked different in just a moment. Uh, Dallas is behind them at four and two, as is Atlanta. Can we talk about how Dallas and Atlanta are four and two in the four and five spots here? Dallas and Atlanta, teams that were in the bottom three consistently last season, off to solid starts. Now, of course, seven games into the season here. Who's played who? Who's played the really tough competition? Who has it? For example, Chicago Sky below that at three and two. I think they played tougher competition, to be honest with you. And also just got Kalia Copper back, finals MVP from last year, uh, back from Spain after winning another championship. She does it again. That's all she does is win. <laughs> um, they just got her back and she played in Sunday's game. She's been gone. Uh, Allie Quigley didn't start the season with them. She was dealing with a little bit of injury. So... Slow start for Chicago, but still very much that team. Seattle's 3-3. Three and three. That's not shocking to me. Seattle wins when they need to. <laughs> they have Brianna Stewart. They have Sue Bird. Um, they win when they need to. I'm not worried about the Seattle team. They have the components. They have the experience. They're just not starting the season off very strong. And speaking of that, Phoenix, 2-4 and four straight up, as are the Sparks. We're putting the Mercury in the same category as the LA Sparks. Does that mean the Sparks have risen up? Or how far off have the Mercury fallen? 
Um, it's tough to say because I think that the Mercury are doing their best with what they're what they're given right now, right? Brittany Griner overseas, please, my Jesus, bring this woman home. It's been 90 plus days. Dinah Taurasi out there jawing with Skylar Diggins-Smith. And I think a thing that I haven't really seen talked about much, and maybe there's an article out here floating around about it that I'd love to read, the change of coaching too, right? They lost Sandy Brandello over to the New York Liberty. They have a new coach this year too with Nygaard, and that's obviously a great pickup, and she's one of Bill Lambier's uh, disciples, if you will. But as I've, I've discussed this with others, as it's been pointed out, that's kind of an offense that Bill would like to run through a big through a big center and they have Tina Charles, but if that's your only option, if that's the only thing you're going to run it through, that's going to cause issues. So a um, little bit of struggle bus for Phoenix at two and four LA at two and four Indiana is two and six, but they are scrappy as hell. And is Indiana not fun to watch with those four new rookies? My goodness. I mean, Alyssa's missed a couple games now, ankle injury, but man, everybody I've heard talk about this podcast, Twitter, wherever friends that I discussed this with in this industry, Everybody says Indiana's the fun team to watch. They just are. I'm actually surprised that they don't cover more because I feel like they're constantly outperforming expectations. Um, we'll get into ATS in a moment here. New York's one and four, and the Lynx are one and six. Is that that's really wow? Yeah, because that makes sense. Because Saturday's game, yeah, I was going back and forth on Wings and Lynx on Saturday, and I ended up on Wings minus two and a half, and lo and behold. Mm, they absolutely got it done. Poor Lynx, one and six. ATS records, though, who's covering, right? Who's winning is one thing. Who is covering is the other thing. Uh, the Aces still at the top. They're five and two in covering against the spread. Washington, five and two, just like their straight up record. Dallas, four and two, just like their straight up record. Atlanta, four and two. Connecticut, three and two. So Connecticut was four and one, which was third in straight up, but they're more like fifth, or at least, yeah. Yeah, fifth or yeah, something like that. Fifth in ATS, so only three and two. But Connecticut's been given some outrageous spreads to cover. For example, against the Fever, I think both times they were favored by 13 and a half. The first game they did not cover. They struggled a little bit. They played them again on Sunday and whacked them. They got it done 20 points plus. Um, so they've had some kind of ridiculous spreads to cover and just high expectations, kind of similar to what people were expecting of the Aces, and the Aces have delivered. LA's been three and three. Again, they're two and four straight up, but three and three on uh, cover. And I think of them as a team that can cover because I actually, LA's one of my favorite teams to bet live because they will get down bad early or in like even the first half. And then you're able to find a really good number on them. So for example, uh, they played the aces, I believe on, no, they're playing the aces on Monday. Who are they playing on Saturday? Sparks played on Saturday against the Storm. Thank you. And they only lost by three. The spread for this game was eight. The Storm did not cover that. I didn't want to lay eight with the Storm, even though it seemed like the smart thing to do. But in-game, first quarter, got Sparks plus 12 and a half live. And again, they lost by three. So I like to go in on the Sparks in that. They've done a good job to me. That's probably why in my head I think they're such a good covering team. Minnesota's three and four, ATS. Indiana, three and five. So... They're two and six straight up, three and five uh, ATS. Chicago, two and three. So flip those from their straight up, which is three and two. Again, tough opening schedule, missing some players, not concerned about them long term. Phoenix is still two and four, like they're straight up. Seattle's two and four, as opposed to their three and three straight up. And the Liberty, 
One and four, straight up NATS, the Liberty just in a struggle bus. But they're back in action on Tuesday, and hopefully they have righted the ship in their time off. They had a whole week off. Monday's game, let's get into it. Sparks and Aces. Uh, the Sparks are fourth in the West right now. Again, we have 12 teams, so we're talking about six teams in the West and six in the East. So Sparks are fourth in the West. They're two and four. That doesn't sound that great. I get it. But they're a huge step up from last year. And what do we say? Everybody stepped up last year. It's great. Higher talent all across the board. Uh, the biggest addition probably for the Sparks, obviously, well, Jordan Canada from Seattle and then Liz Cambage from the from the Aces. So this is, is this the Liz revenge game? I don't know. Like I said at the start of the show, Aces minus 10 is the opening number I'm seeing here. Total 168 and a half. My first thoughts over on this game. Oh, yeah. Give me an over. Unless the Sparks are shooting horribly, which is not out of the question. Absolutely over for me on this game. The Aces are on fire. They're 4-0 in Commissioner Cups games, and all five of their starters are averaging points in double digits. Four of them are getting 14 or more. Kelsey Plum, Jackie Young averaging the most, nearly 20 points each per game. So um, just absolute domination. For example, the Aces also in action on Saturday versus the Mercury for a second time. Franchise record, I believe, 38 points in third quarter. So most points scored in a quarter for them, 38 uh, you could say the Mercury defense is a dumpster fire. It's a game they ended up winning, obviously. I had that game uh, live, Aces, Moneyline, minus 115, because they went down a little bit early. I think the Mercury put up a little bit of fight at the front. That is something I can always count on the Mercury to do, is to maybe give a team a little bit of trouble at some point and kind of let some threes start to drop. But in the long term, in the long run, I'm not betting on this Mercury team as is right now. They're just going through too much turmoil uh, as an organization from top to bottom, really. As far as who's in and who's out for the Sparks, this is where it gets a little dicey, and this is why you're probably seeing this at like 10 as opposed to 8. Uh, Shanae Ogwamike, questionable with a leg injury. She did play Friday, uh, or excuse me, Saturday, in that three-point loss to the Storm, but questionable there, so maybe playing a little shorthanded. And then Ray Burrell has been ruled out with a knee injury as well. Uh, she don't even think she traveled with the team. Uh, and then... Oh, Raquana Williams also out for the Aces. Not necessarily a huge blow for them. Sparks, if they're playing a little bit shorthanded, maybe that's an issue. It's not something that super bothers me necessarily. I lean taking the points with the Sparks in this game. And I also, my favorite though, of course, is the over. Um, the Aces are four and three to the over. And the Sparks are four and two to the over. These games go over more often than not so far. The Aces overs are also two and two at home, and the Sparks are three and two over on the road. So it seems like it happens more often in this exact situation. I think the over is more than tempting. If you can find something around 168, 170, I'm sure it's going to go up. We know that. Uh, find what you can or find some action live. If the Sparks come out firing, maybe you get a way better line on the Aces. Uh, but I think pregame, I don't want to lay 10 with the Aces, even though it's so hard. Because the WNBA, you can. It's not like the NBA necessarily in that regard. Like, we can absolutely lay 10 with the Aces here. But I'm not going to do it against the Sparks team. I think I lean Sparks plus 10, but I'd rather get something in-game. We'll see what I end up pulling. Again, Twitter for final plays. But I do like the over here. That's probably what I'll end up grabbing before the game. Tuesday's games, we have four... For some reason, again, we had five last Tuesday. And the funniest part, really, is that, that I mean completely sarcastically, is that the Tuesday games, two of them start at four and two of them start at five. So just left eye on one game and right eye on the other. And that'll just be a really attractive look for everybody involved. 
Wings at the Sun. The Wings are second in the West right now. Second of six in the West. They're four and two. I'm really proud of this Wings team. I'm real proud of them. And not just because they won me a plus 240 bet on Friday by winning at the half and full game against the Mercury. That was just chef's kiss. Beautiful. Arike, fiery. So many threes. It was beautiful. It was a thing of beauty. And then they go to win against the... Maybe that was Thursday, actually. They go to win against the Lynx on Saturday. Getting all my days mixed up. But either way, they beat the Mercury. They go on to beat the Lynx um, by a lot, actually. More than expected. Uh, when they were three-point favorites in that game, two and a half. Go Wings, go. It was funny, too. I had a friend the other day say, what, what is the Wings? What's, what's the deal? Like, what's their mascot? And I was like, what do you mean? And they were like, what are the Wings attached to? And I was like, oh, well, there's like a Pegasus-looking horse thing on their jersey. They're in Texas. So I think it's a horse thing, my guy. I think it's Pegasus. And he said, that's so sick. That's such a sick logo. And I was like, you know what? It really is. It's probably, it's honestly now probably as I'm thinking about it, like one of my favorite in the league like a pegasus did we not all grow up watching hercules i absolutely wanted a pegasus so wings flying uh, and now a really good test here as they take on the sun at the sun they are first in the east right now at four and one uh, again 4 p.m pacific time start time for this one this one's gonna be really this is a I can't miss what's the other 4 p.m one dream and mystics mm. this one edges that one out for me in terms of which one i'd want to watch more but they're actually both pretty good games. So uh, Alyssa Thomas, Brianna Jones, 18 points in, in the Suns' latest win, 92-70 to 70 over the Indiana Fever. Like I said, they played them twice, did not cover a 13.5-point spread the first time, did get it done the second time. That's lived up to our expectations. It's actually what I remember of them last year, too, having very high expectations because they're leading in all of these statistical categories, which come into play when we're making lines. And there are high expectations from this team, and maybe a little bit too high, similar to the Aces, right? They're capable of covering them, but they're so out of control high. And so there are things where I'm just like, man, that's so tough. And I know a lot of people actually in the WNBA betting community that I've created for myself on Twitter who were on the sun in that game and were just so like gutted over that not happening. But then they turned around and do it the next game. So I feel like this is a pattern I saw from the sun last year. They get it right. It's just, it might take a second. Uh, that's their fourth win in a row after that season opener that they lost. Uh, and for the Fever, that is their fourth straight loss, unfortunately. Uh, Courtney Williams had 15 in that. John Quill Jones had 13 and nine rebounds. But more importantly, if we take a look at the pace, we talked about this a little bit on this show. You've probably heard me mention it. I believe Brendan Glasheen, the play-by-play -play for the Connecticut Sun, brought this up a couple weeks ago about how Kurt Miller really wanted them to increase their pace this season because that's kind of where they got blown away in the playoffs. So Sunday was the third straight game that the Sun scored 90 or more points. That's kind of similar, actually, to last year. They just, they're really, really good shooting team as well. They run a good offense. Kurt Miller's an excellent coach. I said last year they looked like the most cohesive team. So far this season, I haven't seen that come out, but I know it will. Uh, they only hit 90 or more points twice the entirety of last season. So it's not that I don't think they can score 90. It's just they didn't really do it last season. That said, third straight game scoring 90 or more points, still eighth in pace of 12 teams, eighth. Now that effective field goal percentage though, 50%. I think they're second or third in that category. So they shoot well. They shoot well. Absolutely they do. And they dominate, not even close, in offensive rebounding. They have 44%, rounding up here. The next closest, 
34, 35%, the link. So they're doing 10% more in that category. The rest of everybody is kind of more in the middle of pack. Just dominate. Dominate on getting those boards and getting those second chance points. Uh, as for the Wings, who are going to be the visiting team here, they played the Lynx, as I mentioned, on Saturday. They pulled away in the second half. It was a little dicey in the first half, admittedly, but they did win 94-78. to 78. Uh, And that was with Elena Deladon playing in that game, which was unfortunate for all. Uh, Satu Sabali is now back for the Wings as well. I believe did not play in that game, but last season averaged 12 points per game and six rebounds per game. That was last season. She's back from overseas as well, so looking forward to see her integrated back into this lineup that's already off to a great start. The offensive rating right now for the Wings, fourth in the league. Their defensive, sixth, which is a huge improvement because just the other day, their defense was ranked higher than the offense, and I was shocked by that. And then Arike comes out and blows it up with five threes versus the Mercury uh, and continues to have a very solid game, but spread out a little bit more evenly on the offense on Saturday. Now their offensive rating gets that nice boost it needs. Meanwhile, the Sun, it's like those numbers are cute. Because the Sun are first in defensive rating and second in offensive rating right now. As far as who's in, who's out, the Wings all clear. No injuries to report. We love to see that. As for the Sun, Jasmine Thomas, questionable with a knee. So keep an eye on that because that is actually impactful to the Sun team. They are deep. They'll be okay. Um, but who knows what this spread is going to be. I do lean over in this game. We've been seeing a lot of overs, actually, in these WNBA games, honestly, except for the ones that are like back-to-back, -back, not enough rest kind of situation. This isn't one of those to me. Uh, so I lean over in this one, expecting a high-scoring affair. I also lean wings. More likely than not, they're going to get a good amount of points here, I think, because like I said, the Sun tend to be... People are expecting a lot. They're expecting a lot, and they should. But the wings are feisty. We'll see how much respect the sportsbooks have for the wings. Dream, Mystics, the other 4 p.m. game. Uh, Dream are 4-2 and two right now, third in the East. The Mystics are 5-2 and two and second in the East. So second in the East versus third in the East. They've already played each other last Friday. The Mystics won 78-73. Dream, offensive rating, 10th. It's an issue. Their defensive rating, 3rd. It's, it's solid. It's great to watch. Uh, the Mystics, third in offensive rating and fourth in defensive rating, and totally still a dark horse for me. Not even that dark, like pretty much in plain daylight for winning the championship this year. Absolutely possible for them. As for who's in, who's out, the dream, Tiffany Hayes is day-to-day. -day. Monique Billings, UCLA, go Bruins, uh, health and safety protocols. So that's unfortunate. I think she's been out for a minute. So we'll be checking to see if she's back in. And for the Mystics, Alicia Clark out for Sunday's loss to the sky. TBD on Tuesday. Actually really kind of need her, unfortunately. Uh, one of their top three players, I would say. Uh, Elena Deladon, obviously Natasha Cloud. So they've been able to do it without her. I think they'd rather not. We'll see. So TBD on that. I like the under in this one. Um, I've seen some some plays on the unders lately that have been very successful on the Mystics games. This is their second time playing each other. Both defenses are solid. The Mystics are going to be favored by a little bit, for sure. I mean, more than a little bit, but we saw what the last score was. Again, 78 to 73. They only won by five. Uh, I may look at a play on them live. We know we love to do that. If you're going to be watching the game anyways, you might as well bet it live. Uh but we'll see what we get before the tip because we have been getting some kind of favorable lines on the Mystics, and I think it's due to this who's in, who's out moment, right? Elena Deladon, is she playing? Okay, Natasha Cloud's out with health and safety protocols. Okay, who's in? So I think we've been getting a little bit actually favorable lines on the Mystics, but the Dream are a team that's been a little bit, don't count them out, right? So 
we'll see what the line is. This is very much going to depend on what the opening line is. But I'll be looking to get in on the Mystics here. I don't think that the Dreamer are going to be catching like 10 points if they are. Could be interesting. Second time playing each other. I like an under. Fever at Sky at 5 p.m. The Fever are fifth in the East. That's of six. And the Sky are fourth in the East. So uh, that is a little bit misleading because the Sky should not necessarily be fourth in the East. They really are a top tier team here. And Candace Parker, speaking of top tier, third player in WNBA history with multiple triple doubles. We love to see it. Leagues advancing. Talent's getting better. Uh, she had 13 rebounds, 10 assists, 16 points in their latest win on Sunday. And Kalia Copper is back. 27 minutes for her. 12 points in their win over the Mystics on Sunday. And again, I think this guy were getting one and a half in this game. What? Maybe they were laying it. Uh, forgive me if that was the case, but regardless, either way, that's a no-brainer play. If I'm getting one and a half or if I'm laying one and a half, give me the sky on this, especially with Kalia Copper fresh back from Spain after winning a championship. Uh, on the other side of this match, Fever, we know they're on a four-game losing streak. They just lost to the Sun, 92-70. to Shout out to them for putting up 70, though. They kept it close in the game before that. They played against the Sun, 94-85. to So, like I said, the Fever are a fun team to watch, but I do think that they're uniquely suited to be locked up by the Sky team. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope they prove me wrong because they're feisty like that. Their offensive rating are 11th. Their defensive rating is 10th. That's why they're a bottom team here. And the Sky are fifth in offensive rating right now, second in defensive rating. That defense is going to carry the Sky team, that veteran leadership. Nothing of note for them in terms of who's out for this game. For the Fever, Nalissa Smith, been out for a couple games now since last week, tweaking her ankle. Actually didn't see the play that she hurt her ankle on, so it might have been more than a tweak, but she is questionable again. Uh, she's a huge boost to the team if she is back in, for sure. So that's something definitely to pay attention to. And Bria Hartley, also questionable with a hamstring. I'm going sky on this. I just don't know how out of control this line is going to be. Um, and also, one thing to note, I lean under in here. Sky defense going to be huge trouble for the baby fever. I would say sky to cover, but I do worry they don't always get up for games against these lesser opponents. The fever, on the other hand, are going to want to beat the crap out of the defending champs. But with no Nalissa, it's going to be a lot harder. I'm not in on them either for that reason. Uh, Kalia Copper's back, so maybe she wants to put on a show. The Sky should dominate here. I think they're set up to do that. I lean under. I lean a little under in this. It's tough, though, because that Sky offensive rating fifth, they can go off on any given game, and the Fever also love to push the pace. They're going to be a fast team. So probably not... Honestly, I would stay away from this under. I lean under. I would stay away from it, though, just because the Fever's offense is so tricky. Um, they are also playing this many games, so many games in one day. So you know what? If you want to ride that under, absolutely do. The Fever have been playing a lot of games. And Clea Copper's back. Shout out. Last game. Let's get into it. <laughs> Liberty at the Lynx. The Liberty are one and four. The Lynx are one and six. This is a battle of the bottom right now. It's very unfortunate. The Liberty are 12th in offensive rating. They're ninth in defensive rating. And the Lynx offensive rating, 7th and 12th in defensive rating. So Liberty are last in offense. Lynx are last in defense. That screams over to me, not because obviously the Lynx, I mean, the Liberty offense is dead last. So why would you say over? But the Liberty like to move fast. They'll throw up a lot of shots. And sometimes they go in. Uh, they have not been shooting well. They're last in offensive rating. But they've had a week off. So they had a bunch of games back-to-back, -back and things were not going their way, especially after the Chicago Sky gave them such a hard time 
Uh, I think that really got in their heads. I think now they've had a week off. Sandy's going to get him right. So I do think they're going to be shooting better. They're going to be moving fast. Uh, the Lynx are going to smash them in the paint. They struggle in the paint. They absolutely do. Uh, plus, we're talking about two teams here with pretty mediocre defenses right now. It could be a mess. It could get out of hand. So I lean a little bit over here, depending on the number, of course. And uh, the Liberty, like I said, coming off that week in a four-game losing streak. I think they're going to shape up. But it's a stay away from me, two of the worst teams. Maybe you look at an over. Thanks so much for listening, indulging me. Uh, and hopefully you learned something. Hopefully got something good out of that. Uh, listening to the Los Angeles CityCast, as always. New shows Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. That means I'm back on Wednesday for more action. So come on back to the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook.